Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Thanks today for tuning in to the podcast. This is Off the Bench. This is Thursday, April 22nd. And boy, oh boy, I'm going to read to you guys a letter that a listener sent to me that just everybody needs to hear this letter. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So a lot of things happening in the culture. I'm on my way right now to Round Rock for the Teach Them Diligently conference. I've been telling you guys all week, if it's within your ability to come, come. You will not be disappointed. There are so many good things happening at these conferences right now. Um, I'm watching people's lives get changed. I'm watching encouragement happen. I'm watching uh, an equipping taking place that we absolutely need. And so I want to encourage you toward that this morning. Tomorrow, I'm going to come on with my friend, Steve. Steve Lambert, and he's going to talk to the homeschool mom that just needs to take a break. She needs to take a break because she needs to be done. And if you're in that place right now and you're not sure how you're going to you know, round out your year, you just feel like you can't get away from the schedule or you just can't let it go, this is a great time for you to step back and say, what am I really doing with my kids? What does God want me to do right now? And then make a decision to uh, enjoy your children in the months to come. All right, a couple of things that uh, I wanted to let you guys know before I read this amazing letter to you. First of all, Kimberly, hello, one of my Mom Strong International mamas, uh, wrote in and she lives in Virginia. And she said, Heidi, I want to let you know how we're getting off the bench here in Gloucester, Virginia. There's a bit of backstory to how this ministry started, but myself, a great friend, and a 94-year-old senior we have met started what is called Heritage Hats. The idea is to give seniors living in isolation from COVID some way to be productive while serving our only pro-life crisis pregnancy center in the region. They are making hats for newborns, and we are getting sponsorship from individual or local churches for each hat. CareNet in Peninsula, or I'm sorry, CareNet Peninsula gets both the hats and the money. In one month, we have well over 100 hats, sponsors, and a growing Facebook group. Thanks, Heidi, for leading us to live on purpose for a purpose. This is so awesome, Kimberly. So thank you so much for that. Grace from Texas said, I am praying and interceding for my city, my state, my country, my government, other countries and persecuted Christians. I am praying for the church to be faithful. And I am praying for you, Heidi, as you run for Congress. And now know I must pray for my local and state leaders also. I'm a homeschool mom, and I'm training my kids to be discerning and to follow the Lord in this generation. Grace, that is the most important thing that you can be doing right now. I cannot overstate the importance of prayer. And I think it's easy for us. It's easy for me to feel like we have to do, 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 do. And the Bible teaches us in many cases, we have to be, 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 be still and know that I am a God. Be obedient, be humble, be kind, ask the Lord to direct us and then walk the thing out that God's asking us to do. So Grace, thank you for your prayers. We greatly appreciate it. I want to say thank you to Mallory from North Carolina and Sarah from South Dakota for sponsoring this podcast through your financial gifts. We really appreciate all of your financial support for your prayers, for your encouragement, for the letters that you guys send in. We read every single one of them. And you can write to us, Heidi St. John, care of the the, the Heidi St. John podcast, 11100 Northeast 34th Circle, 
Vancouver, Washington, 98682. All right, a couple of things that have been on my heart lately. You know, we I told you I am very discouraged with this, with our nation's absolute obsession right now. I don't, I can't think of another way to say it, an absolute obsession with race, critical race theories being taught here in our uh, in our public schools in Washington State. It's actually mandated by law. If you have a child in the public school system in Washington State, get them out. Get them out because the public schools are going to teach your kids to be racist. I'm going to link to a blog post that was sent to me. I've actually never read this girl at all. I don't know anything about her. So this is not me endorsing her or her message in any way. But I heard about a father who's pulling his daughter out of an exclusive uh, private school in Manhattan in the Upper East Side called Brerley. I'm not even sure how you say that. Brierly? Brearly? I don't know. But it's a private all-girls school, and it's about $54,000 a year. And right now, prospective families have to take a, quote, anti-racism pledge to be considered for admission. So I think this is interesting. This this father wrote a letter to the parents of the school, and he basically, his name's Andrew Gutman. I, I'm going to try to get this guy on the show. And he laid it out what was going on. Um, this letter is not exclusively about education, but oh my goodness, you guys, such an amazing story. I don't know why more people aren't saying what this dad is saying. So he just wrote the letter a couple of days ago, and I'm going to read it. It's a little bit long, but I want to read it to you. He said, Dear fellow Brerly parents, our family recently made the decision not to re-enroll our daughter at Briarly for the 21-22 school year. She has been there for seven years, beginning in kindergarten. In short, we no longer believe that the school administration and board of trustees have any of our children's best interests at heart. Moreover, we no longer have confidence that our daughter will receive the quality of education necessary to further her development into a critically thinking, responsible, enlightened, and civic-minded adult. I write to you as a fellow parent to share our reasons for leaving the Brerley community, but also to urge you to act before the damage to the school, to its community, and to your own child's education is irreparable. You guys, I've been saying this for a long time. Education is not neutral. Education is not neutral. And this dad gets it. He goes on to say, it cannot be stated strongly enough that Brerley's obsession with race must stop. It should be abundantly clear to any thinking parent that the school has completely lost its way. The administration and the board of trustees have displayed a cowardly and appalling lack of leadership by appeasing an anti-intellectual, ill-liberal uh, mob and then allowing the school to be captured by that same mob. What follows are my own personal views on Brerley's anti-racism initiatives, but these are just a handful of the criticisms I know other parents have expressed. Now, I'm reading this because obviously I don't know anything about the school, but I did go and read a little bit and, you know, at a, at a cursory casual glance, I can see why this dad is so upset, but I'm reading this letter because it's not just this school. It's all over the, it's all over the country right now. We are literally obsessed with race and we are hurting ourselves. And so he goes on with these objections and this, I mean, this guy should get an award for this. Here's what he said. I object to the view that I should be judged by the color of my skin. 
I cannot tolerate a school that not only judges my daughter by the color of her skin, but encourages and instructs her to prejudice others by theirs. By viewing every element of education, every aspect of history, and every facet of society through the lens of skin color and race, we are desecrating the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and utterly violating the movement for which such civil rights leaders believed, fought, and died. I object to the charge of systemic racism in this country and at our school. Systemic racism, properly understood, is segregated schools and separate lunch counters. It is the interning of Japanese and the exterminating of Jews. Systemic racism is unequivocally not a small number of isolated incidences over a period of decades. Ask any girl, of any race, if they have ever experienced insults from friends, have ever felt slighted by teachers, or have ever suffered the occasional injustice from a school at which they have spent up to 13 years of their life, and you are bound to hear grievances, some petty and some not. We have not had systemic racism against blacks in this country since the civil rights reforms of the 1960s, a period of more than 50 years. To state otherwise is a flat-out misinterpretation of our country's history and adds no understanding to any of today's societal issues. If anything, long-standing and widespread policies such as affirmative action point in precisely the opposite direction. I object to a definition of systemic racism apparently supported by Brerley that any educational, professional, or societal outcome where blacks are underrepresented is evidence of an aforementioned systemic racism or of white supremacy and oppression. Wow. This guy's on fire. He's absolutely on fire. He says, I object to the idea that blacks are unable to succeed in this country without aid from the government or from whites. Rarely, by adopting critical race theory, is advocating the abhorrent viewpoint that blacks should forever be regarded as helpless victims and are incapable of success regardless of their skill, talent, or hard work. What Brerley is teaching our children is precisely the true and correct definition of racism. I object to mandatory anti-racism training for parents, especially when presented by the rent-seeking charlatans of Pollyanna. These sessions in both their content and delivery are so sophomoric and simplistic, so unsophisticated and inane that I would be embarrassed if they were taught to Briarly kindergartners. They are an insult to parents and unbecoming of any educational institution, let alone one of Briarly's caliber. Whoa. I object to Briarly's vacuous, inappropriate, and fanatical use of words such as, quote, equity, diversity, and inclusiveness. If the administration was truly concerned about so-called equity, it would be discussing the cessation of admissions preferences for for legacies, siblings, and those families with especially deep pockets. If the administration was genuinely serious about diversity, it would not insist on the indoctrination of its students and their families to a single mindset most reminiscent of the Chinese Cultural Revolution. Instead, the school would foster an environment of intellectual openness and freedom of thought. And if Brerley really cared about inclusiveness, the school would return to the concepts encapsulated in the motto, One Brerley, instead of teaching the extraordinarily divisive idea that there are only and always two groups in this country, victims and oppressors. 
I object to Braley's advocacy for groups and movements such as Black Lives Matter, a Marxist, anti-family, heterophobic, anti-Asian, and anti-Semitic organization that neither speaks for the majority of the black community in this country, nor in any way, shape, or form represents their best interest. I object to, as we've been told time and time again for the past year, that the school's first priority is the safety of our children. For goodness sake, it is a school and not a hospital. Hear, hear! Boy, I want, I, this guy should run for the Senate. The number one priority of a school has always been and will always be education. The school's misguided priorities exemplify both the safety culture and the cover your boop culture that (laughs) together have proved so toxic in our society and have so damaged the mental health and resiliency of two generations of children and counting. I object to the gutting of history, civics, and classical literature curriculums. I object to the censorship of books that have been taught for generations because they contain dated language potentially offensive to the thin-skinned and hypersensitive. I object to the lowering of standards for the admission of students and for hiring of teachers. I object to the erosion of rigor in classwork and the escalation of grade inflation. Any parent with eyes open can foresee the inevitabilities should anti-racism initiatives be allowed to persist. Oh my goodness, you guys. We have today in our country from both political parties and at all levels of government, the most unwise and unvirtuous leaders in our nation's history. Hear, hear! Schools like this are supposed to be the training grounds for these leaders. Our nation will not survive a generation of leadership even more poorly educated than the one we have now, nor will we survive a generation of students taught to hate its own country and despise its history. Lastly, I object with as strong a sentiment as possible, that our school has begun to teach what to think instead of how to think. I object that the school is now fostering an environment where our daughters and our daughters' teachers are afraid to speak their minds in class for fear of consequences. I object that the school is trying to usurp the role of parents in teaching morality and bullying parents into adopting the false morality at home. I object that our school is fostering a divisive community where families of different races, which until recently were part of the same community, are now segregated into two. These are the reasons why we can no longer send our daughter to this school. Over the past several months, I have personally spoken to many of the parents as well as the parents of children at peer institutions, and it is abundantly clear that the majority of parents believe that our school's anti-racism policies are misguided, divisive, counterproductive, and cancerous. Many believe, as I do, that these policies will ultimately destroy what was until recently a wonderful educational institution. But as I am sure will come to no surprise to you, given the insidious cancel culture that has, late per- that has of late permeated our society, most parents are too fearful to speak up. But speak up, you must. There is strength in numbers, and I assure you, the numbers are there. Contact the administration and the board of trustees and demand an end to the destructive and anti-intellectual claptrap known as anti-racism. And if changes are not forthcoming, then demand new leadership for the sake of our community, our city, our country, and most of all, our children. Silence is no longer an option. Mr. Gutman. I'm by myself in my studio, but I applaud you.
I don't know who you are, and we might disagree on other things, but oh my goodness, I'm going to print this letter. I'm going to put it in the show notes today. I'm going to put it out there on social media. Everybody should hear it because he's not alone. This is happening in our institutions of higher learning, and parents are sending their children to these colleges and these uh, and these secondary schools because they don't understand that their children are being turned into racists. And they don't understand that their children are being taught to hate the country. I don't know if you guys understand critical race theory, but I'm telling you what, it has no place in American society. Absolutely none. It's fundamentally opposed, by the way, to the civil rights movement. Fundamentally opposed to it. It, 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 It's amazing to me. You guys need to do your homework. This is being taught to all of our children here in Washington state. Critical race theory is intentionally designed to divide people rather than unite them. And by the way, this doesn't just apply to race. As Christians, we want to have unity with all ethnicities. We understand our common ancestors. Hello, Adam and Eve. They provide us both biological and theological reasons to reject the Darwinian notions of race altogether. There is one race. It is the human race. And I'm sick and tired of the Biden administration and all these all these uh, leftist loony weirdos that are in the teachers unions and guiding these principles from the from the top down. It is going to absolutely destroy the future of our country. Critical race theory is a system that rejects both human biology and biblical doctrine, and it teaches that mankind should be separated into various ethnic minority groups. They are teaching our children to hate each other. In critical race theory, people are encouraged to identify with their ethnicity rather than with greater and more significant distinguishing factors like their faith, their nation, their community. It's also important to understand that critical race theory, although it may seem counterintuitive, doesn't just deal with race. Did you guys know that? It promotes division between, quote, identity groups and divides people into either an oppressor class, which is usually white or straight men holding to the majority religion, versus what they call victim identity groups which can include so-called sexual minorities, the disabled, abuse victims, women, transgenders, and other ethnic groups. And if you didn't know this, critical race theory has been used by homosexuals, the transgender, and women as much as it's used by ethnic minorities. It doesn't define white and black and racism by the way that you might think. In critical race theory, whiteness refers to anything identifying with power or privilege as it relates to, quote, the majority of the majority class. So usually those who hold uh, ethnic or religious majority. So for the people behind critical race theory, to be white is to have privilege and to have privilege is to be white. The term whiteness, as used in critical race theory, refers to any majority group that has any uh, majority status. And in the world of critical race theory, that is synonymous with white power and privilege. Critical race theory is pure racism. It views race as a social construct. 
and anyone who enjoys social, political, racial, economic, or cultural standing that is better than the average will be classified as part of the, quote, white identity class, whether they are Caucasian, have light skin, or they're of European descent. You guys, this is devastating. The Bible says there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, neither male nor female. Why? Because we are all one in Christ Jesus. As believers in Christ, we should be setting aside race rather than highlighting it. God wants to bring people together from every ethnic group into one, not to divide them by identity category so that we might fight endlessly with each other. And the Biden administration is tearing this country apart, further eroding what Barack Obama and Michelle Obama started when he first ascended to the presidency. We must stand against it. This cannot be allowed in our schools. It cannot be allowed in our public and private institutions. And I, for one, am thankful to see parents beginning to use their voices and to say no. I read an article, and I'll uh, link back to it in the show notes today, from the National Review that was printed recently in MSN. And they were saying that critical race theory is dangerous and that there's only one way to fight it. And that is to speak up, to withdraw your kids from these institutions and say, no, we will not be divided by race. You will not divide us this way. It's never been more important than it is right now. I'll tell you just the the opening line to this MSN uh, article. It says a new orthodoxy has taken over our educational institutions with frightening speed. People who likely never heard the phrase critical race theory before this summer are now getting emails from their children's schools about, quote, decentering whiteness at home. This is garbage. They are discovering that their children's elementary school teacher has read them, quote, a book about whiteness that teaches them how much color matters and encourages them to confront the painful truth about their own family. For example, that they are being raised by racists. And you guys, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Get your children out of these schools. It's time. In fact, it's past time. This is a dangerous and divisive ideology. It's one that's going to assign moral value to people on the basis of their skin color alone. And you guys, it is absolutely inconceivable that anyone could look back at our human history and not see that singling out a particular racial or ethnic group as the cause of all societal problems can lead us very quickly to a very bad place. Does anyone remember World War II? We got to stand against this. Your kids are being indoctrinated. Do not leave them in these schools. Have the courage that this gentleman had and speak out and take your children out of these institutions. And we can stand together and say, no more. We are one race. We are the human race. We are the human race. God sees us as one race. We bleed the same color. The Civil Rights Act of 1964 also prevents discrimination, including a creation of a hostile environment at public and private institutions receiving federal funding. And many of these critical race trainings, particularly when they're mandatory, absolutely create a hostile environment by continually singling people out for criticism solely based on the color of their skin. When an employee at Smith College expressed discomfort at discussing her race publicly and was berated in front of her college colleagues and told that her distress was merely, quote, a power play, a manifestation of white supremacy. These trainings have even infiltrated the corporate world. A whistleblower recently leaked slides from a diversity training for Coca-Cola employees suggesting they be less white. You guys, we got to we got to stand up. We got to talk about this. 
I'm going to be talking about this more as the months go on here at the podcast. We've got a couple of really great guests coming on the show. In the meantime, I'm going to encourage you guys to continue to pray for our nation, to pray for our leadership. Pay attention to what your children are being taught. Because I promise you, it's not going to stop until we stand up and say, no, enough is enough is enough. This anti-racism stuff has actually run amok and it is hurting our children and it is an insidious threat to our nation's future because it's targeting our youngest. And we have an opportunity right now to get off the bench and onto the battlefield to enter into the discussion and talk about what unites us. You guys, I was talking about this in South Dakota. I'll be doing it again this weekend in Round Rock, Texas, that God, the Bible teaches us that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that we're loved. And we can talk about things that would bring us together. We can actually come to the table with solutions instead of coming to the table with things that divide us by the color of our skin. Martin Luther King said he dreamed of a day when he wouldn't be known for the color of his skin, but for the content of his character. And I agree. I want to thank you guys for listening today. I've gone a little bit over tomorrow. My friend Steve Lambert's going to come on the show and we're going to encourage you guys that you have been invited to this precious thing called homeschooling and keep your eyes on the ball. The ball is the relationships that you have with your children. Tune in tomorrow. You guys are going to be so blessed. Again, my friend Steve Lambert coming on the show with me. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening. I'll see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at momstronginternational.com.